0: you are listening to the yummy mummy podcast episode number 78 welcome to the yummy mummy podcast where you will learn brand new and shockingly different tools to lose weight for the last time and now here's your host certified life and weight loss coach laura conley All right, Yummy Mummies, let's dive right in. I am excited to bring you this episode. We are covering Atomic Habits by James Clear. But before we dive in, let's hear a client comment. This one brought me to tears from my client, Bonnie. She posted in our Slack group and she said, 137, new low, in goal range, I set for myself in January for May 27th and down 30 pounds since October. Oh my God, congratulations, Bonnie. She says, I had tears in my eyes as I looked at the scale, but not just for the number. The tears were because to get to this place, I learned so much about myself, my thoughts, the impact of mindset how to step into my future self, how to have my own back and how to lean on and find inspiration in others. Immense gratitude to Lara Conley for this program and everyone who I've been with on this journey. I can't be live on the calls often, but I watch and relate so much to all of your coaching. Oh, Bonnie, I am so deeply happy for you and you should just be so proud of yourself. Congratulations. It's so much more than the weight, right? Oh, it's so good. Okay, you guys, what is my fun fact? What is happening over here in the life of Laura Conley? Oh my gosh, you guys, I don't even know. I just had my husband get back from another 40th birthday trip and I want to share with you because this is coming up in Miami Mummy Masters is this idea of loneliness and this is something that I have overcome. I used to really dread when my husband was going away and like leaving me alone with the kids and you guys now I love it right? So it's worth going through the feelings that you may have of loneliness or anxiety about solo parenting or about being by yourself. It's worth feeling those through because on the other side, like I feel like this badass mom, like really super confident in my role as a mom and my ability to parent solo. And I just get this precious time with my kids that I wouldn't otherwise get. So that's kind of what's going on over here. So you guys, I loved when my coach, Brooke Castillo, would do these little synopsises synopsises, on some of her favorite teachers, on some of her favorite books. And so I like to bring that to you guys too. So about 11 episodes ago, we did Big Magic that came from Elizabeth Gilbert. And now we're diving into Atomic Habits, which is James Clear's book. I read it this past year and it resonated so much. In fact, a lot of clients will read it and they'll be like, did you base your program around Atomic Habits? And I'm like, no, not at all. And then I read it and I'm like, oh my God, this is so similar to the work. I can see why these clients are saying this is so similar to the work that we're doing. So I want to share with you some of the research he's found, some of his insights, because sometimes it's helpful to hear what I teach in other people's voices. Okay, so let's just dive in. He says... When we repeat 1% errors day after day by replicating poor decisions, duplicating tiny mistakes, and rationalizing little excuses, our small choices compound into toxic results. It's the accumulation of many missteps, a 1% decline here and there that eventually leads to a problem, right? Can you guys see that in weight loss? It's like we pick at the little leftovers of our kid's snack, or we grab a handful of nuts, So many of my clients are not going through McDonald's drive throughs three times a day and having big binges at night. A lot of my clients are just making these 1% errors day after day, right? The kid's grilled cheese crust or the little like leftovers after breakfast or the extra cocktail, right? It adds up over time. So I want you to lean into that, right? Where can you clean up just 1% of your eating habits? and that will make a huge difference. Your results will compound. Okay. He goes on to say, if you find yourself struggling to build a good habit or break a bad one, it's not because you have lost your ability to improve. It is often because you have not yet crossed the plateau of latent potential. Complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work was not wasted. It's just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. Oh my God. This is so good, James Clear. It's like I'm having a conversation with him. (laughs) Because so many of my clients, especially because I teach you guys the fastest way to lose weight for the last time is to do it quote unquote slowly. I teach my clients the fastest way to lose weight for the last time is to let it be quote unquote slow, right? So my clients aren't going to lose 10 pounds in the first week and they're going to be like, ah, right? You have to keep going because the next day might be the day that you break through, right? The next day might be the day that you get to 32 degrees. I thought that was so good. He goes on to say about that point, we often expect progress to be linear, at the very least, we hope it will come quickly. In reality, the results of our efforts are often delayed. It is not until months or years later that we realize the true value of the previous work we have done. This can result in a valley of disappointment. It's so funny he calls it the valley of disappointment because I call it the river of misery, where people feel discouraged after putting in weeks or months of hard work without experiencing any results. However, this work was not wasted. It was simply being stored. It is not until much later that the full value of previous efforts is revealed. I see this all the time. My clients will follow their protocols, their yummy mummy maps to the T for like two weeks and they might not lose weight. And then on the 15th day, they'll drop five pounds or they won't lose for four days in a row. And then they'll lose two and a half pounds, right? It's so fascinating to watch. So be willing to be in that river of misery, or as James Clear calls the valley of disappointment, knowing that on the other side are your results, right? And when you throw in the towel because you don't see the results, then you throw it all away. Such a waste. So keep going. He says, ultimately, it is your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. Right, this is why inside the Yummy Mummy experience, I have my clients do a 30 day challenge of. Honoring their yummy mummy maps, of honoring their protocols. Can you guys see why? Because I kind of want them to set their goal of the number on the scale aside and just worry about the process. Because if they can just honor their protocol or their yummy mummy map every day, day in and day out, or let's say 27 of the 30 days or whatever it ends up being, that's going to give them the progress. That's going to ultimately give them that number on the scale. The number on the scale just ends up being a byproduct. It's totally fascinating. I love this. I feel like I'm having book club with you guys. It's so fun. Okay, the next point I want to share with you is he says, the ultimate form of intrinsic motivation is when a habit becomes part of your identity. It's one thing to say, I'm the type of person who wants this. It's something very different to say, I'm the type of person who is this, right? So I want you guys, and this is exactly what I teach my clients. I want you guys to start adopting the identity of a healthy person, of someone who has lost weight for the last time. We spend weeks. inside the Yummy Mummy experience, creating, relating, becoming our future selves, right? So he gives examples. He says, the goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician, right? And so you could say the goal is not to lose 10 pounds. The goal is not to lose 75 pounds. The goal is to become somebody who has lost weight for the last time. The goal is to become someone who is confident and light and free, right? Can you guys see that? The goal is to become somebody who lives and breathes at their natural weight. This is in accordance with becoming your future self, right? And like really adopting the identity of your future self. He says, once you have a handle on the type of person you want to be, you can begin taking small steps to reinforce your desired identity. I have a friend who lost over a hundred pounds by asking herself, what would a healthy person do? All day long, she would use this question as a guide. Would a healthy person walk or take a cab? Would a healthy person order a burrito or a salad? She figured if she acted like a healthy person long enough, eventually she would become that person. She was right. Oh yes, that is exactly what we do. That's why it's not enough just to create or relate to your future self. I want you guys becoming her. Like you're a method actress, really. Like people will be like, that sounds like faking it till you make it. I'm like, yeah, it kind of is, but then you've made it. He goes on to talk about cravings. He says cravings are the second step and they are the motivational force behind every habit. Without some level of motivation or desire, without craving a change, we have no reason to act. What you crave is not the habit itself, but the change in state it delivers. You do not crave smoking a cigarette. You crave the feeling of relief it provides. You are not motivated by brushing your teeth, but rather by the feeling of a clean mouth. You do not want to turn on the television. You want to be entertained. Every craving is linked to a desire to change your internal state. This is an important point that we will discuss later in detail, except for you and I are going to discuss it right now. This is when I say to you guys, I'm like, we are all emotional eaters. Even if you do not think you are an emotional eater, be willing to explore the possibility that you are because you may free yourself from unnecessary eating. And then you may free yourself from some extra pounds that you're carrying around, right? So every craving for the chocolate covered almonds or the veggie puffs or the ice cream or whatever it is. It's linked to a desire to change your internal state. It's a link to wanting to feel a certain way. So what are you trying to solve by eating, right? Are you trying to solve your stress? Are you trying to give yourself a little hit? What are you actually trying to do? And will food really solve that at a deep level? Will food really solve that for you in the long run? Most likely the answer is no. Most likely is if you can find what's behind the craving, you can find out how to actually solve what it is that you want deep down and lose weight. Isn't that so interesting? I love that. I love the way he puts that too. Okay, moving on. He goes on to say, Being specific about what you want and how you will achieve it helps you say no to things that derail progress, distract your attention, and pull you off course. We often say yes to little requests because we are not clear enough about what we need to be doing instead. When your dreams are vague, it's easy to rationalize little exceptions all day long and never get around to the specific things you need to do to succeed. Seed. what is happening here? Do you guys see this in yourselves? You're like, oh, it won't matter. Oh, they're ordering the appetizers, so I should order the appetizers too. People think that when I suggest they create a Yummy Mummy map or a protocol of exactly what they're gonna eat and exactly what they're not going to eat, that this is like deprivation or over-restriction. And I'm like, no, you guys, this is freedom because then you know exactly what you are doing and not doing. It's a very specific, it's a very clear, and in that action, actually creates so much freedom right because then you're not like am I allowed to eat this should I eat this oh screw it it probably is fine that rationalization I don't want you guys rationalizing food because then it takes you away from what it is that you really want to create okay what do we want to talk about next this is what he says. Humans are also prone to fall for exaggerated versions of reality. Junk food, for example, drives our reward systems into a frenzy. After spending hundreds of thousands of years hunting and poraging for food in the wild, the human brain has evolved. Oh my God, I talk about this all the time. Has evolved to place a high value on salt, sugar, and fat. Such foods are often calorie dense and they were quite rare when our ancient ancestors were we're roaming the savanna. When you don't know where your next meal is coming from, eating as much as possible is an excellent strategy for survival. Today, however, we live in a calorie-rich environment. Food is abundant, but your brain continues to crave it like it's scarce. Placing a high value on salt, sugar, and fat is no longer advantageous to our health, but the craving persists because the brain's reward centers have not changed for approximately 50,000 years. The modern food industry relies on stretching our paleolithic instincts beyond their evolutionary purpose. A primary goal Of food science is to create products that are more attractive to consumers. Nearly every food in a bag, box, or jar has been enhanced in some way, if only with additional flavoring. Companies spend millions of dollars to discover the most satisfying level of crunch in a potato chip or the perfect amount of fizz in a soda. Entire departments are dedicated to optimizing how a product feels in your mouth. French fries, for example, are a potent combination, golden brown and crunchy on the outside, light and smooth on the inside. Oh my God. Can you guys see how we are up against a huge hurdle? We have got... Are primitive brains that have not evolved for 50,000 years, according to James Clear's research, right? And we have the food industry. It's like a double whammy because your brain wants that hit of dopamine, and your brain gets that hit of dopamine. It gets a big hit of dopamine when you eat something that is full of sugar or fat, or salt, or the perfect combination of three. So it makes perfect sense. You don't have to make yourself wrong for wanting French fries. They are designed for you to want them and your lower brain wants them. So that's why we have to really strengthen our higher brain significantly to, again, decide ahead of time what it is we're doing and not doing, and then continue to work on forming the habits that support our future self. This is a little bit of a tangent, but that is why I think losing weight for the last time can be hard because it's really not one habit, right? We are changing a lot of habits. We are letting go of habits and we're creating new habits. So that's why people are like, oh, it should only take 40 days or 21 days or whatever. I'm like, no, it takes longer than that because it's not just one habit. It's many habits at play. Oh, I bet you guys are going to be able to see yourself in this excerpt. He says the normal behavior of the tribe often overpowers the desired behavior of the individual. For example, one study found that when a chimpanzee learns an effective way to crack nuts open as a member of one group and then switches to a new group that uses a less effective strategy, It will avoid using the superior nutcracking method just to blend in with the rest of the chimps. Humans are similar. There is tremendous internal pressure to comply with the norms of the group. The reward of being accepted is often greater than the reward of winning an argument, looking smart, or finding truth. Most days, we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than be right by ourselves. The human mind knows how to get along with others. It wants to get along with others. This is our natural mode. You can override it. You can choose to ignore the group or to stop caring what other people think, but it takes work. Running against the grain of your culture requires extra effort. When changing your habits means challenging the tribe, it changes unattractive. When changing your habits means fitting in with the tribe, this is very attractive. This is why you guys, we do weight loss in a group because I want you guys to have a tribe where changing your habits around food and your bodies is very attractive. And many of us are currently in tribes, right? Our culture, our family systems, our friend groups, where the tribe says overeat, overdrink. And if you don't, we're going to be disappointed and we're going to food shame you, right? So you have to be willing to go against the norm of the group, right? You have to be willing to disappoint people. Now, the good thing is we don't actually live in tribes. Like The tribe can't actually oust you. It can't actually reject you and kick you out. The reason why we want to stay in these tribes and we care so much about what other people think and we care so much about getting along is because of our primitive brains. Our primitive brains tell us if we don't get along then we're gonna get kicked out of the tribe and then we're gonna die, right? So you can see, no wonder it's so hard. It makes sense. Again, me sharing all of this with you I'm hoping, in me sharing this with all of you, I'm hoping that I'm helping you to understand your brain. I'm helping, and James Clear, too, is helping you to understand you're not wrong or bad, right, for overeating in social situations or for picking at the grilled cheese crust, right? You're just a normal human. And when we can understand our normal humanness, we can start to hack it. We can start to overcome it so that we can create what we want. Okay, James Clear goes on to say, In the beginning, a habit requires a good deal of effort and concentration to perform. After a few repetitions, it gets easier but still requires some conscious attention. With enough practice, the habit becomes more automatic than conscious. Beyond this threshold, the habit line, the behavior can be done more or less without thinking. A new habit has been formed. And this is why I always tell you guys, and you guys never believe me, it's so funny, but I'm like, you know how you automatically eat the grilled cheese cross or you automatically eat the cupcake or you automatically have the appetizer, whatever you're doing right now, that's automatic in terms of keeping you where you are with your weight, you can create that same default setting in the opposite way, in a way that serves you, right? So when you are creating these new habits, you automatically are eating the grilled cheese crust and then you get super conscious. You watch yourself eat it. You watch yourself see it. You don't eat it, right? And then you don't even see it. You just naturally, automatically do not eat the grilled cheese crust or fill in the blank food. Okay. He goes on to say, one of the most common questions I hear is how long does it take to build a new habit? But what people really should be asking is how many does it take to form a new habit? That is how many repetitions are required to make a habit automatic? right? And this is exactly what I teach you guys. And you guys can go back to the podcast on allow power. This is exactly what I teach you with allow power. This is you practicing, allowing in an urge for food without answering it. And the more you practice it, the more you decondition your over desire for food. So it's about how many times. That's why I want you to try to collect a hundred urges for food that you don't answer by eating right? And then you will literally decondition it and you will make you not eating the cupcake automatic, which is just one lesson. You don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to spend your mental energy talking yourself through the cupcake. That is pure freaking freedom. I love it. Okay, you guys, James Clear says behavioral economists refer to this tendency as time inconsistency. That is the way your brain evaluates rewards is inconsistent across time. You value the present more than the future. Usually this tendency serves us well. A reward that is certain right now is typically worth more than one that is merely possible in the future. Can you guys see how this is related to weight loss? but occasionally our bias toward instant gratification causes problems. Why would someone smoke if they know it increases their risk of lung cancer? Why would someone overeat when they know it increases their risk of obesity? Why would someone have unsafe sex if they know it can result in sexually transmitted diseases? Once you understand how the brain prioritizes rewards, the answers become clear. The consequences of bad habits are delayed while the rewards are immediate. Smoking might kill you in 10 years, but it reduces stress and eases your nicotine cravings now overeating is harmful in the long run but appetizing in the moment sex safe or not provides pleasure right away disease and infection won't show up for days or weeks or even years every habit produces multiple outcomes across time put another way the cost of your good habits are in the present the cost of your bad habits are in the future the brain's tendency to prioritize the present moment means you can't rely on good intentions. When you make a plan to lose weight, write a book or learn a language, you are actually making plans for your future self, right? You guys. Oh, it's so good. So can you see how your brain does that? Your brain's like, Ugh, who cares? It's just one. It's fine. Cause it wants to eat the cupcake. Cause it thinks that that reward of eating the cupcake is going to be better than you having lost weight for the last time right? And you got to ask yourself, what is better? And in that moment, I want you using your allow power, not your willpower, but your allow power of, what do I really want? I really want to be the healthiest version of me. And I really want to be at my natural weight so I can be energetic and light and free or whatever your reasons are, right? But I think it's important to, again, know our brains and know the way our brain is designed. And our brain is designed to get us to eat the cupcake now, right? Because it thinks, ooh, this will be better, but it's not. We know that. Okay. I have a couple more topics I want to share with you guys from this book. So James Clear says, instead taking a bubble bath or going on a leisurely walk are good examples of rewarding yourself with free time, which aligns with your ultimate goal of more freedom and financial independence. Similarly, If your reward for exercising is eating a bowl of ice cream, then you're casting votes for conflicting identities and it ends up being a wash. Instead, maybe your reward is a massage, which is both a luxury and a vote towards taking care of your body. Now, the short-term reward is aligned with your long-term vision of being a healthy person. Oh, yes, James Claire. This is like moral licensing, right? You're like, oh, I've been good all week, so I deserve a bowl of ice cream. I'm a big fan of over-celebrating, but do it in a way that strengthens your habit, not weakens your habit, right? So I love that advice. It's so good. Okay, we are coming towards the end here, you guys. What is he saying? The first mistake is never the one that ruins you. Oh, you guys, this is good. This is one of my favorites. It is the spiral of repeated mistakes that follows. Missing one is an accident. Missing twice is the start of a new habit, right? Can you guys see yourself in this? You're like, oh, I already ate the kids' sausages at breakfast. Who cares if I get the mocha, right? Right? Missing one is an accident. Missing twice is the start of a new habit. He goes on to say, this is a distinguishing feature between winners and losers. Anyone can have a bad performance, a bad workout, or a bad day at work. But when successful people fail, they rebound quickly. The breaking of a habit doesn't matter if the reclaiming of it is fast, right? This is why I always say every moment is a Monday morning. He says, I think this principle is so important that I'll stick to it even if I can't do a habit as well or as completely as I would like. Too often we fall into an all or nothing cycle with our habits. The problem is not slipping up. The problem is thinking that if you can't do something perfectly, then you shouldn't do it at all. Yes. Let's meet in the middle, right? We have to stop with the black and white and that all or nothing thinking if we want to lose weight for the last time. I fought that for so long. I was like, no way. There's no way this like middle path will actually work. And here I am just proving it to be true. Okay. This is one of my absolute favorites. I talk about this with my clients. All the time. He goes on to tell a story. After my baseball career ended, I was looking for a new sport. I joined a weightlifting team and one day an elite coach visited our gym. He had worked with thousands of athletes during his long career, including a few Olympians. I introduced myself and we began talking about the process of improvement. What's the difference between the best athletes and everyone else? I asked. What do the really successful people do that most don't? He mentioned the factors you might expect, genetics, luck, talent, but then he said something I wasn't expecting. At some point, it comes down to who can handle the boredom of training every day, doing the same lifts over and over and over. His answer surprised me because it's a different way of thinking about work ethics. People talk about getting amped up to work on their goals, whether it's business or sports or art. You hear people say things like, it all comes down to passion or you have to really want it. As a result, many of us get depressed when we lose focus or motivation because we think that successful people have some bottomless reserve of passion. But this coach was saying that really successful people feel the same lack of motivation as everyone else. The difference is that they still find a way to show up the feelings of boredom. The greatest threat to success is not failure, but boredom. We get bored with habits because they stop delighting us. The outcome becomes expected. And as our habits become ordinary, we start derailing our progress to seek novelty. Perhaps this is why we get caught up in a never-ending cycle, jumping from one workout to the next, one diet to the next, one business idea to the next. As soon as we experience the slightest dip in motivation, we begin seeking a new strategy, even if the old one was still working. As Machiavelli noted, men desire novelties to such an extent that those who are doing well wish for a change as much as those who are doing badly. Oh, mic drop, mic to the drop, right? And this is what I talk about a lot with my Yummy Mummy Masters. How do we maintain this beautiful weight that we've lost? How do we maintain our natural weight, right? It gets kind of boring. We're not getting that hit on the skill day in and day out, right? So we have to be willing to be bored. There is one way to lose weight for the last time, and it's the same way. I don't want you guys switching from keto to Weight Watchers to Yummy Mummy Experience to 21 Day Fix. No, if you choose the Yummy Mummy Experience, it is the Yummy Mummy Experience. It's the Yummy Mummy Method. It is what I teach, and it's for life. That's it. We're done. Okay, I've got two more for you guys. Habits create the foundation for mastery in chess. It is only after the basic movements of the pieces have become automatic that a player can focus on the next level of the game. You guys will hear me over and over and over again, talk about constraining, talk about one goal at a time. You guys want to have 17 goals. You want to do new and different one thing at a time. Lose weight for the last time. Spend one year dedicating yourself to losing weight for the last time and you will end up accomplishing so much. You will master it, and you will be done. You think that if you go out to achieve 17 things and not just one thing, that you will achieve more. I promise you, it is the opposite. When you set out to achieve one thing, when you constrain, when you decide, my goal this year is gonna be to lose weight for the last time, You lose weight for the last time and then you end up doing those 17 things because you've become the person who sees something through to the end. So fascinating to watch. I'm a living, breathing example of this because I used to be the girl that at the beginning of the year would set 17 or 77 goals. He says, it is precisely at the moment when you begin to feel like you have mastered a skill, right when things are starting to feel automatic and you are becoming comfortable that you must avoid slipping into the trap of complacency the solution, establish a system for reflection and review. Yeah. Again, this is exactly why I teach my clients and this is a perfect way to end. I teach my clients the yummy mummy for life, like literally how to calendar the rest of their life in terms of maintaining their natural weight in terms of maintaining weighing what they want to weigh. It is such a beautiful thing. Okay, you guys, if you are not on the list, the wait list for the Yummy Mommy Experience, make sure you go to laraconley.com and click work with me so that you will be notified as soon as doors open in June for the July Experience. The Yummy Mommy Experience is my six-month course and coaching program guaranteed to help you lose weight for the last time. All right, you guys, I want you to have the best week ever. Ciao, ciao. I hope you enjoyed that and I will see you next time. Hey. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening, you have to come check out the Yummy Mummy Experience. It is my proven course and group coaching program where we take all this material to the next level. And yep, you guessed it, lose weight for the last time. So if this is something that you want, head to lauraconley.com and click work with me. The best part, it comes with a body back or money back guarantee. And of course, you guys, if you haven't gotten your free podcast listener gift, head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. There are three weight loss hacks inside this gift that I am so excited to share with you. These are the three things that I do every day and my clients do every day to lose and maintain their weight. So head to lauraconley.com forward slash gift. If you guys don't know how to spell Laura Conley, it's just L-A-U-R-A-C-O-N-L-E-Y. I will see you there.